You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Do you know your value? Do you know your worth? Not only to God, but to your family, your friends. Do you you have a high self-esteem? How do you look at yourself? Well, God wants to help you in this area because he made you fearfully and wonderfully. And I think a lot of the problems that many of you are dealing with in your life have to do with with an imbalance in this area. And a lot of times it comes from childhood, comes from things that people said, the way you were raised. Maybe your parents weren't very affectionate. At some point in your life, you got kicked down and now... These things have taken root in your life. You've taken them in your adulthood. You've taken them in your marriage. You've taken them to your job. You've taken them to all aspects of your life, and a lot of times you don't even realize it. Many people are walking around. They haven't got healing. They're in church, but they haven't got healing. How do I know that? Well, I think I pastored long enough to know that, but I will tell you, in my own life, no one really came to me, at least not a lot of people, and said, you need to get healing. All they they told me is I need to get saved. I need to get saved. Okay, I got saved. Now what? Once you get saved, a lot of times there's no one there to walk you to that next step, especially if it happened to a large church or big crusade or something. I mean, maybe you gave your number and somebody called to see if they could pray for you. But has anybody really taken the time in your life? Now, some of you are saying, well, yes, I'm blessed. I've had people that have taken the time in my life to mentor me, to disciple me. Well, you are blessed. Because not every person has that. So if you have that, you are blessed. But even you, having those resources and people in your life may not have got the necessary healing. And so there's a, there's a misconception of, of Christianity where people think once you're saved, that's it. And yes, the Holy Spirit comes in. Uh, obviously, you have the ability to get complete healing. I believe walk in complete victory. I talk about it through Jesus Christ, through accepting him as your Lord and Savior. But as I've studied and seen people for many, many years, I find that many have sat in a church for a long time and they have still not got healed from certain things. They have not got deliverance. A lot of people don't even believe in deliverance. And some people market deliverance or take it to like a whole other level. But deliverance is actually a, an aspect of getting healing. Now, of course, there's a demonic aspect to that. You got to get rid of the demonic inside of you. And of course, there's this theological debate within the Christian world about whether a Christian can have demons or not. I personally think you can't have a demon occupying you if you're in Christ because the Holy Spirit and a demon can't occupy the same space. The Bible says, what place does light have with darkness? But I do believe you could be oppressed by demonic entities, generational curses and things that try to stay on you and your family. And I, I've seen it too many times to believe that there's not there's no, no, you know, no there there. There has to be something going on to a lot of these people because some people seem to be stuck and they, they, they stay in a rut and you can come back five years later and they'll be in the same place, sometimes worse. Now, some of that is self-choice. In fact, a lot of it is self-choice because they continue with the same behaviors and patterns and the definition of insanity is literally doing the same thing over and over again. So there's some people that like being stuck, I think, because it's comfortable and they don't want to do anything that's uncomfortable. And so they don't want to take the needed steps to actually have a breakthrough in their life. 
But there are many of you that are listening and you're not like that. You want to have a breakthrough. You you yearn to have a breakthrough. You desire to have a breakthrough. But no one's really taught you what to do next. All you knew is that you need to get saved. You need to read the Bible. You need to go to church. You need to have some Christian friends. You need to stop sinning as much as you can. But that's pretty much all you know. You don't really know what else to do. And you've been staying in a season of just stuck for so long and no one has helped you. So that's why I'm doing today's broadcast because I want you to understand that there is more available to you. And the reason why I know this is because I was you. For many years, I was stuck and I was trying to be like somebody else. This is after I received Christ, by the way. See, in the world, I actually had more confidence because in the world, at least I knew who I was. I was Todd Coconato. I, I was the life of the party. I used to show up and, you know, I had patterns and behaviors that people liked me for. And for the most part, I was myself, even though I was my sinful self. When I came to Christ, though, I felt like I had to put on a veneer. I felt like I had to try it. And so I lost a lot of self-confidence becoming a Christian. Now, that's not what should happen. That's actually opposite of what should happen. What should happen is when you become a Christian, you should, you should know how you are in the eyes of God. You should embrace your identity in Christ. And you would think that's what would happen in most cases. And again, some of you have had that experience and praise God, but I still think you're going to get something out of today's broadcast. So if you know your identity, you're super confident, you don't deal with any comparison, you don't ever feel small or, you know, you don't ever feel shamed or embarrassed or nervous or, you know, that's great. Then you are probably way ahead of most people that are listening. And, and, and there, are, there are people that are just really self-confident. They know, you know, they, they walk into Jesus Christ and immediately they just have this major breakthrough and they flourish and they thrive. But it's a very small group of people because even some of the most anointed preachers I know that literally have millions of people that know who they are and follow them and their ministry, you get them in a room and they start unloading on you and you'd be shocked to hear that even they carry a lot of brokenness and weights and things that they have not got healing from. So, what I believe God wants us to do right now in this time, this is a real crazy time. I mean, the world is on fire. You know, there's wars and rumors of wars. There's all different types of stress, anxiety. You know, many of us are concerned about finances. Uh, marriages are difficult. It's difficult to get along with people. There's a lot of mean-spirited people. People are selfish and haughty. There's, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff going on, social media. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to most folks. And most people right now, and this may be you, feel like they're drowning, feel overwhelmed. And you put on a good show, you put on a good face, you put your best foot forward, you go up, you go to work every day. But in your head, most people don't know what's going on. But God does. And maybe that's why he brought you here today. Because what I want to do is I'm going to free you up of some things. I'm going to free you up of the fact that you don't ever need to compare your life to anyone else. In fact, that is one of the most foolish, dumb things that we can do as a person. Because when we compare to somebody else, that's so stupid because they can never be you. You can never be them. Their life has so many different dynamics than yours. And it wouldn't even make any sense to try to fit your life into theirs. And by the way, the shell, the veneer on the outside that you think is their life isn't really their life. I, I've, I found this out. Listen, I was in Hollywood. I met some of the biggest celebrities in the world. People that people idolized. People you know would chase after some of these people. I was in the car with those people sometimes. We'd roll up to a light. I would see the way people would respond. I mean, 
idols of this hour in my early years. I got to experience some of this stuff. And I got to know some of those folks. And maybe this is why, because God wanted me to share the fact that it is a total veneer. It is absolutely a facade. Just like when you go to Universal Studios and you see the fake cities that they make for the movies and stuff. That's what it is when you see some of these people's lives, these big name celebrities. And by the way, oftentimes somebody that's well-known in the Christian community, not always. Hopefully somebody that is an anointed minister of the gospel has indeed got to a place where they understand their identity in Christ. They're humble, they're thankful, and they're about the business of the Lord. That's the ideal situation. They, they walk and talk the word of God, they live it out, and they're on fire for Jesus. That's what God wants of every single one of us. No one is better than anyone else. No one is loved more than anyone else. God loves you all. He loves me. He wants to see us thrive. He wants to see us succeed. So our job is to step into the shoes that God wants us to fill, to step into the calling. And the enemy uses several things, and we're going to go through these different things, to keep us caught up spinning in a in a forever loop to where we can accomplish the, the day's work. We can accomplish what we need to for the day, but at the same time, we're never really getting where we want to go and we don't have the sense of fulfillment in our life and this can even be in Christ. I know it sounds sad. It shouldn't be the case because he's the ultimate void filler. But trust me on this. I promise you there are many, 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 many Christians. In fact, it may be you that are listening that are not fulfilled in their marriage, in their life, in their walk with God, even though they love the Lord and they may even be on fire for the Lord. And so we've got to come to an understanding of why this is, how this is, and how we finally break this forever loop and get out of it and start to see ourselves as God sees us and get into the shoes that he's made for us. And when we get into alignment with God in that way, things begin to change and happen and you will see a major breakthrough. But there's some serious hiccups along the way, and I've had to learn these really hard lessons, and so this is what we're gonna talk about today. It's a different kind of show, but God put this on my heart because there's some of you that are singles and some of you that are married, but you're out there and you don't know your value, and it's one of the reasons why people are treating you this way over and over again because you haven't stood up and you haven't walked in that confidence of who you are in Jesus Christ. And we're gonna get through this today, and it's gonna be a breakthrough in your life. There, Today is breakthrough day. I don't care what's going on in, in the rest of the world right now. Listen, God's gonna deal with those things. We're praying. Obviously, I do care. I care very much about what's going on in Israel. I care very much about some of the very tragic things. But what I'm saying is right now, let's focus on you. Let's get this healing. Sound good? All right, we'll be right back. PastorTodd.org. Welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant all around the world. We're so thankful that you joined us today so important you know i used to talk about the news all the time i used to i used to sit in the doom and gloom i used to sit in all of it and i regurgitated what the enemy wanted me to talk about and I, and I would honestly be depressed because that's where i lived and i never understood what it said from out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and then and god started showing me if you're living it this is what you're feeding your soul day in and day out it is literally distracting you. Doesn't mean not to be watchmen. I'm all good about knowing what's going on in the world. We got to pray. I talk about walking in the Issachar anointing, understanding and discerning the times. Very, very important stuff. 
But when we live in that other state, it is, it is the goal of the enemy is to keep us bogged down, distracted, and fearful, to not know our identity and what we're capable of doing. If the entirety of the body of Christ or even the righteous remnant were to wake up and understand what we can actually accomplish in a day, it, it, have you ever seen the movie um, Limitless? I don't know if you've seen it or not, but um, anyway, it's, it's, they take this pill and all of a sudden they're using like the entirety of the brain, right? It's, it's this, you know, the, the character in the movies is all of a sudden is enlightened and it's like everything becomes so much easier. Everything becomes so much easier because all of a sudden he's using his full potential, his full brain capacity. And there's several movies like that. They're kind of sci-fi films. But the truth is, is that if you actually did use the rest of your brain, if you actually did understand the potential of what you're able to do and stop looking at your limitations and stop listening to things that people have spoken over you over the years, then you, you would be able to get up today. If you could see yourself as God sees you and you could align with his calling and his purposes, I'm telling you, it's limitless. It is limitless because he will connect you with divine appointments. Every single day will become an adventure. You don't have to stay in that place of apathy and complacency and being stuck. You can actually get up and change things today. Oh, Todd, but I've been divorced. Yeah, you know what? And like a million, million other people out there have too. Well, Todd, I was molested as a child. Look, I know that's horrible. It's awful, but you know what? You're still alive. They didn't take you out. The devil didn't take you out. He tried, but now that's going to be turned around for good because you're going to say, you know what? Even though that happened to me, I'm an overcomer and I'm going to now move forward and live my life. Devil, you're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to steal my happiness. Oh, but all these people judge me, Pastor Todd. You know what? Then those aren't friends. Who cares what they say? People are going to judge. You know, maybe you need to move to another city. You know, sometimes you have a fresh start is good. But you know, if you're, if you're continually hanging around people that are judging you from something that happened in your past and you've already repented and moved on, then maybe you need to get some new people around you. I'm just saying. And I understand sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's your spouse or your family. And I get that. But I'm talking about other folks. If it's the spouse and the family, you know, you got to pray for them and their heart to change and, and that you can, you know, show them by example that you have moved on. Because a lot of times it takes you saying, I'm not going to stay in this loop anymore. I'm going to get up out of this loop. I'm tired of being down, I'm tired of being depressed because those are spirits that oppress you. I'm tired of allowing these spirits to rule my life. I am going to get up and I'm going to enjoy. You know that happiness is a choice, by the way. It's a choice. Happiness is a choice. I see a lot of folks, okay, I said I was going to go through some of these things. A lot of folks that think that you're going to get your breakthrough from another person. Listen, I saw this in Hollywood, okay? I, would, I, would roll, I was telling some friends this over the weekend. You know, I, I don't talk a lot about these things. I don't ever want to make myself think that, you know, I want people to think that I think I'm cool or, you know, try to glorify my past or anything like that. So that's why I just don't, for years, I'm talking like 16, 17 years, I said nothing about these things. People didn't even know where I came from or my story. And then one day I just started sharing because I said, well, I've been in Christ long enough. People need to know this stuff. But I was, I was ashamed of my pre-Christ days, even though God allowed me to live through those days so I could be who I am today. He knew what he was doing. And I'm going to tell you those experiences, I call it the school of hard knocks. I couldn't have learned that in a college. I didn't learn it in a college. I learned it through life experience. And so everything that you've been through, nothing will be wasted. 
I don't care if it's the worst thing. Look, the worst thing that ever happened to me probably is I got stabbed nine times. It's the worst thing and it's the best thing. If you don't know my testimony, I got stabbed. One was in the heart and God spared my life and he changed my life. And that was my Damascus Road encounter. That was when I changed from being a young Hollywood actor and caught up in the underground scene in Hollywood, a partier to being a on fire believer for Jesus Christ. That was my moment. It forever changed me. What, what, what was your moment? Was it, I mean, I was talking to my friend today. He said it was when he realized, uh, you know, how quickly one of his friends had died. And he said, that could have been me. And all of a sudden, he started seeking the Lord. God got a hold of him. He got on fire. Some people, they, they almost overdosed. And it was, it was so close, but God spared their life. Maybe for you, it's something different. Something happened to your child. Something bad happened. But instead of spiraling out of control, you decided, I'm going to turn my life over to Jesus. Whatever it was that got you, and maybe you haven't done it yet, but you need to do it because it's the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. And if you haven't, did, this is the reality of the world. Look, I didn't make it up. This is the way the world, when you, when you step into this and you start realizing, oh my gosh, this is what's actually happening. There is a spiritual battle for my soul. You know, if you have a hard time staying right before the Lord, sometimes you get pulled up in the club, pulled up in a drinking, sleeping around. And you say, I'm just too weak. I'm just too weak. No, you're not too weak. There is no sin. Nothing that's put before you is too great that you can't handle it with the Lord. The Lord will give you strength. But you have to be willing to say, I'm done with this. That's what I got. I got to the point where I was done with it. I didn't want to feel bad about myself. You know what makes you feel bad about yourself? The sin in opening those doors. But the other stuff that makes you feel bad about yourself is allowing strongholds of your past to continue to have a hook in your life. Some people call them generational curses. Some people call them uh, different things. You know, soul ties, where you've, you've had unholy alliances and relationships with people that need to be broken over you. That's what consecration is. It's when you, you consecrate yourself, you say, Lord, I need, you know, I need to be born again. You get baptized you're born again, and now you're a new creation in Jesus Christ. Well, the old has passed away. Behold, I, I do all things new. He puts it in the sea of forgetfulness. But some of you are so hard on yourself. God's already forgot what you've done. He's moved on. He doesn't look back. He's a forward-moving God. But you continue to beat yourself up about what you've done. You continue to beat yourself up, and that holds you back. And I want you to today, right now, release those things that is not who you are that's not who God sees you as if you've repented and you've moved on you got to stop thinking about your past that was like the story of Lot's wife which you turned to a pillar of salt God doesn't want you looking back that's the whole moral of the story you say but Todd I had two abortions I can't get over it look I know that's super painful but I believe you're going to see your baby in heaven God wants you to repent and he's setting you free of that bondage over your life anymore. He sets free from the bondage of sin and death. That's sin and death. He'll set you free from that. You say, Pastor, I've been abused. I was in a physical relationship where my, 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 you know, the person I was with beat me, hurt me, emotionally attacked me every single day. And those words, I just can't get over those words. Yes, you can. Because those words were a lie from the pit of hell. Those words were never meant to define you. What did God say about you? Fearfully and wonderfully, he made you. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, plans of hope and a future, plans to prosper you.
So, so what does that mean? Listen, we're going to get into that. Stay tuned. This is going to be very good. PastorTodd.org. We'll be right back. This is the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. Welcome back. Today is your breakthrough. Not, not tomorrow, not next week, today. Today is your breakthrough. You're talking to a guy that knows what's going on in the world. Okay, I can do a show just like anybody on the deep state, the cabal. You talk about all their wicked plans. I can tell when somebody's been eating that stuff up 24-7 because they come to me in a state of panic. And they, they just, I mean, you could tell they've been living in that place. And again, I am thankful for the truth tellers out there, many on the station. They're patriots. They love the Lord. They're doing their work. They're doing the mission, the work that the Lord has given them. Fine. Totally good. But what I'm saying to you is that you can't live in that place 24-7. You've got to be present in the moment and enjoy your life. If you're married, you got to enjoy your spouse. If you're a family person, you got kids, you got to enjoy your kids. You got to play with them. You got to be present in the moment. Yes, the world is crazy, but it may it may go on like this for 20 years before the Lord comes back. It may, it may go on for 50 years before the Lord comes back. He says in Matthew 24 that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And look, the end is not yet. And I really believe that that is the message right now because a lot of folks are saying it's it, it's done, it's over. I don't believe we're there yet. We're getting close. The hour is late. We should definitely be watchmen. We should have an urgency. But see, I was living in that place 24-7 for a while. And what it did is it literally brought me down because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever it is that you're feeding your soul 24-7, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. It's going to go in your relationships. It's going to go in your marriage. It's going to go in your work. It's going to go in your finances. It's going to go in your ministry. Everything. But when you get into the glory and the presence of God every day and you spend that time in the secret place and you get into the word of God and you start getting lifted up and on fire and you start opening your mouth with praise, things change. Things will change. Look, what happened was for a long time we were all asleep. And so what happened is, you know, for years we didn't know all this stuff was going on. So then all of a sudden there's this great awakening you know, whatever you want to call it, where there's the internet and people are putting out these videos and all of a sudden there's this mass awakening and some of it was true and some of it's not true. And there's all kinds of information and disinformation, all kinds of stuff going on. And many people just got consumed with this. And now, you know, wow, this is happening and this is happening and that's happening. And so this became your reality. And yes, we got to fight for those things. We got to stand against the evil stuff like sex trafficking and horrible things. And we got to bring awareness and do everything we can to stop all those evil things that are happening in our world. But we knew. The Bible said we're in a fallen world. Like it's, we, we all have sinned and fallen short of glory of God. This is, you know, Satan is the prince of the power of error. We, we knew that there was evil stuff going on. Now we just know a little bit more detail. Many of us had the unction in our spirit. Many of us already knew. So, okay, we know this and we know it. And, and many of us have different callings and, you know, I fight it in many different ways. We have the Religious Liberty Coalition. I've been fighting against uh, religious liberty infringement for several years. You know, we've, we, we've gone to the community meetings. We've gone to the, all the different things that we can do, the school board meetings. I, I meet with many people in politics and, you know, different politicians, and I'm very active in that area, especially during election year. Look, I'm there with you, okay? And I know many of you are there and many of you are not, but either way, it's, you got to do what you're called to do. But you can't live in the utter state of panic and fear. 
and overwhelmed by the evil because we need to be overwhelmed by the good. We need to be overwhelmed by the presence of the most high God. When you get overwhelmed with the presence of the most high God, guess what starts happening? The spirit of the Lord starts moving. Miracles, signs and wonders, gifts of the spirit. You know, the, the nine gifts and all the different things the Lord wants to do in and through us, his body. But if we're going to be the depressed church, the down church, the bummed out church, whatever you want to call us, we're, we're not understanding what we're capable of. And that's the enemy's plan. I often call it a suppression pull. Now, there's a lot of people, I, I, I use this term, it, it comes from when I was in Hollywood and I became a Christian and I used to see, I call it the aspiring spirit, but it's like somebody thinks they have to, I have to have a big ministry. It's my call, it's my destiny. You know, I have to be a big preacher. I have to be a big name. I want to see my name on a flyer. And so they do marketing and promotion and they're pushing and they're pushing and they're pushing and they're pushing. And it's a pressure. And you know what? Unless the Lord builds the house, you labor in vain. It ain't going to happen for you. And people try to mimic their favorite preacher who they idolize. And they say, I want what he has. People get jealous and they backbite and they backstab. And there's all this vitriol and horrible things going on because they're frustrated when in reality, you don't need to compare to any other person because you can never be them and they can never be you. So what is the, what is the point of it? You think that they have a better marriage than you? You don't know what happens behind the door. They, they fight too, by the way. And maybe, maybe they look like they're so in love, but then you get home and it's not really what it appears. Or maybe they are. Praise God if they are. But what can you do to make your marriage better? The grass is only greener on the other side when you don't water your own lawn. See, the problem is God's given us so many blessings and instead of us stewarding the blessings that he's given us, the devil has us focusing on the areas of lack what we're missing. And I know I spoke about that recently, but I want you to know you don't have to be like some person that you may be idolizing and you don't even realize it. Look, I, I, let me, can I just be real with you? I, I know you expect that from me, right? Uh, okay, so when I've been going around the country for the last couple of years and I'm going to a lot of these conferences and I see some of these Christian leaders, some are amazing people, by the way, not bad people. Some of them are, but not most of them are pretty good people and they're friends of mine. So I'm not here to like beat them up, but I'm just saying, I've watched people come up and maybe it's just they highly respect them and they're happy because they've touched their life and the ministry's touched their life. But I just wish we'd all point a little bit more to Jesus and not sit here and act like some celebrity because the thing is, is that that causes a, a pecking order, if you will. It causes like a caste system where people think, well, I can never be like that person or that person. And we sit in awe of them. And it's like, you know, we just want to, you know, get their, their, their picture with them and, you know, sign this. And, you know, it's like, it's like a celebrity. And again, I, I'm not against the fact that, look, I used to look up to Pastor Jack Hayford, who is definitely a very big person in my life. I definitely have friends of mine that are big people in my life that I honor and I respect. And maybe at some times I've kind of put them on a pedestal. I'm, I'm, I'm a human, just like you. What I'm saying though is, is that, why can't you have the same power and authority and, and do, you can. That's what I want you to understand. You can. And no one's, maybe no one's telling you that. You say, well, I'm ugly or I'm short or I'm, I'm too old or I'm too poor. Or, you don't understand how I grew up or listen, I, I'm just going to tell you right now. I've seen people, uh, you know, with no arms and no legs become speakers and, and become on fire for the Lord and have massive ministries and, and the Lord use them in a powerful way. 
You know what I'm saying? I've seen I've seen people that 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 should never have been successful. They were ex you know child sex traffic people, and then all of a sudden the Lord uses them, and now they're and they're out there getting people saved. And because what I want you to understand is whatever it is that you've been through, that'll be the very thing that God will use to ignite you into the calling and the passion and the anointing. What He wants. Oh, there's too many people, Todd. There's too many. No, there's not. There's billions of people in this world that need Jesus. Billions. And God may call you to another country. He may call you to another state. He may call you to right where you are. But whatever he's calling you to do, when you get in alignment, when you start seeing the potential of who you are and you stop living out the lies that were spoke over you and you stop treating these other people like they're so much greater and better than you and you feel small because of something that what you went through where you got insecure and, and you, didn't, you didn't see, you don't see your potential, you don't see your value. And today, God wants you to have the breakthrough to say it's you. It's you he wants to use. You. It's you he wants to use. So I'm going to go through a couple of things here that I think are going to help you before we end the show today. Am I passionate about this? Oh, yeah. Number one, you got to acknowledge God's handiwork in your life. That's Psalm 139, 14. It says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Recognize that God's created you uniquely with a purpose and an intention and no one else can be you and no one else can walk in your shoes and you don't have to compare yourself, your brother, your sister, your friends, some celebrity, some famous Christian, whatever. You don't need to compare yourself to anybody. You can respect them. You can look up to them, but don't idolize them and don't try to be like them because you have a unique calling. Your personality and who you are is exactly how God made you to be. In Christ, you're just redeemed. The gifts come without repentance. You're just redeemed in him. Number two, embrace God's unconditional love. See, this is the problem. If you haven't been loved by your parents or your spouse, or you haven't had the kind of love that you've desired, throw that out the door right now because what God wants you to do is embrace his love. His love is unconditional. His love is unconditional. Romans 5, 28, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, he died for us. You say, I'm too dirty for church. I used to feel like that. I'm too dirty for church. Like a lightning bolt's going to hit me if I go in there. Um, no, actually not. He died for you while we were still sinners. And by the way, who did he hang around? Prostitutes? Tax collectors? You know, the dirtiest of dirty people that God has chosen and used for his glory over and over again? Yeah, that's you. You're not too dirty. A lightning bolt isn't going to hit you when you walk into a church. Embrace this amazing, unconditional love that God has for you. It's amazing. It's agape. It's unconditional. It's way more than like, you, you ever had a good relationship and you were just super excited when it just started and you're like a butterflies in your stomach. You're like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Maybe this could be the one. Maybe this is going to be good. Finally, a breakthrough, right? Well, that's the feeling we should get when we understand that agape even more. Because God's love is just so fulfilling in our life and it's just so everything. I call it the ultimate void filler. When you walk in the fullness, it's just no more it's about your looks, how tall you are, short you are, fat you are, skinny you are, your color, your skin, whatever, your background. Throw that all out the door. You know, listen, even like Brad Pitt, you know, when he, when he was in his heyday, there's gonna be some people that think he's a good looking guy. There's other people that are gonna say, I don't even think he's a good looking guy at all. See, it's all perspective. It's all... Somebody out there, if you're single, thinks that you're gorgeous. 
or you're handsome. And that's going to be the right person for you. And by the way, I've seen people that I particularly don't think are is a good looking person and they have an amazingly beautiful spouse or, you know, vice versa. It's, it's people, you just got to own it. That's, that's the trick. That's the, the thing that people don't understand is when you have a confidence and you exude Christ's confidence, which is the ultimate confidence, who you are, you're made fearfully and wonderfully, and you understand how much he loves you, then, then all of a sudden those other insecurities go away. What about dwell on positive thoughts? Am I, am I starting to get like a motivational speaker here? No, it's scriptural. Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, what does he want you to do? He wants you to meditate on these things. You mean I shouldn't be listening to all the doom and gloom videos 24-7 and then that's what I talk about and that's where I live? No. Like, it's fine to be a watchman and be awake and understand what's going on, but you can't live in that place. You'll become depressed because the world is an evil, dark place. And that's why the Lord has redeemed us and set us apart. And that's why he said, like, be in the world, but not of the world. Like, I already told you this world's going down, but if you come to me, then you're going to rule and reign with me for all eternity in the new Jerusalem, heaven. You see what I'm saying? Very important information that we need to understand that, that, we can't get caught up in all this stuff that the enemy wants us to get caught up in, including what people have said about us, spoke over us. You know how many people try to control my life? <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in the next segment because when I was coming out of Hollywood, and I was becoming a Christian. I'm telling you, I had people trying to control me. Even in the ministry, I had people trying to control me all the time. Get control back of your life and then turn it over to the Lord. Let him his will get in alignment with his will watch what happens all right we're gonna we're gonna complete this list and continue to share more of this information stay tuned pastor todd.org we'll be right back this is the todd coconado show segment four and uh now we're gonna really kind of bring this home how important it is to have an understanding of how God sees us to literally get what the Bible says when it comes to our identity. We talked about acknowledge God's handiwork. We talked about embracing God's unconditional love. We talked about dwelling in a place of righteousness. In other words, uh, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is holy, whatever is noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, this is where you should be. Focus on these things. It doesn't mean constantly I mean, we can be watchmen. We can we can be aware. We don't want to go the opposite extreme because we tend to do that on our side. One minute we're involved in nothing. Next minute we're involved in everything. God just wants us to have a healthy balance where we're still in his presence, in his glory, and we're not being overwhelmed by the evil of this world. We're not being overwhelmed by the, by the horrible things that because it's going to get worse, but we're going to see the Lord move in signs and wonders and miracles in our lives as we walk out our calling. And so we have to get our mind in a healthy place. That means getting rid of the bondage of sin and death, the things that people spoke over our lives, whether it's past, present, or future, and to understand our identity in Jesus Christ and then to dwell in that place so that we can operate in the fullness of the call that God's given us. We got to trust in his plan. Uh, number four, trust in God's plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, I said it before. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. 
knowing that God's plan gives us purpose and hope. We are a people of purpose. How do you get rid of depression coming on you? You walk in purpose. You walk in victory. You walk in the anointing and the unction of the spirit of God. You flow in his presence. Number five, walk in humility. Micah 6.8, walk in humility. Micah 6.8 says, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to be justly and love mercifully and to walk humbly before your God. You got you to walk in a way that's circumspect. Commentary is this. Humility allows us to understand our need for God's grace. Our need for him. Not relying on our talent. Not relying on how cool we are. That's the opposite way. You know, one minute you're, 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 you're insecure. The next minute you're too secure. God doesn't want you to be either. He wants you to be humble before him, but know your identity in him. Know that he's got this. Know that he goes before you. Know that he's the author and the finisher of your faith. Know that he is the potter, you're the clay. You know, know that, that he, he knows the plans that he has for you. And he made you, he took his time on you, and you are exactly who you need to be. And, and you, somebody needs to receive this right now. You're exactly where you need to be to be positioned for where you're going to go. Doesn't mean that uh, sometimes you don't need to course correct. Sometimes you do. But if, if right now it, it's just frustration and you're wondering why God hasn't moved yet, but you're doing everything that you know to do and you're standing and you're positioning yourself, that's what you need to be doing, is, is, is standing in a place and positioning yourself like Isaiah where you're just like, send me, I'll go, here I am, use me. But then sometimes it's a waiting pattern for a season and you've been hidden, but that's because God needed you to be hidden in that time because when the time, the appointed time comes, it's going to be an acceleration, but you're going to have all the preparation that you needed. Remember, it's a preparation and a separation before you go into the destination. So sometimes he's got to separate you from the wrong people. He's got to prepare you, prepare your heart, prepare your mind, prepare the fact that you're not about you or, you know, making it about something other than him. The preparation is, is in that time where instead of being frustrated, you're sitting there saying, I'm exactly where I need to be. Lord, I'm going to praise you in this situation because you're about to launch. There's something that's about to happen. You're at Gilgal, but you're about to go into that promised land. You see what I'm saying? But at Gilgal, that was when the circumcision took place. That was when the walls around Jericho came tumbling down. And these guys weren't in the best place after they'd just been circumcised as adults. Very painful. But then they got all of a sudden, they're, they're marching around walls. God's about to use you. You needed to hear this today. And, and you don't always have to go to one of these voices that are, you know, the whole internet prophet thing, and there are some real prophets that are internet prophets, but there's a lot of false ones. And for a long time, last couple of years, people have really been going to these people. You know all their audiences are diminishing now? Do you know that? Their audiences are greatly diminishing because people are tired of hearing the same old dribble. And, and time after time, you know, what they said didn't happen. And, you know, people were mesmerized. This was like a, like a, it was a fad for a minute. And I'm not talking about real prophets because there's going to be real prophets. That's a five-fold ministry gifting and they're going to last, you know, as long as until Lord tarries because it's one of the, one of the offices of, of the Lord. It's, it's okay. I mean, they're real prophets. I love real prophets. What I'm talking about is these people that took advantage of the saints and for a minute they were the it thing and it was a fad and then people started saying, hey, wait a minute, this is not doctrinally sound. Something's wrong here. Do you know, it was a huge deal and they, you know, everybody was kind of caught up in it for a second. A lot of people were at least. But, you know, that whole fat's kind of dying down now. You know that? Their audiences are greatly diminishing because people are catching on. 
But when you're real, when you're authentic, when you're true, when you stick to scripture, the Lord's going to continue to expand your territory because you're, you're operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're not tied in and hooked into the false, the counterfeit. If there's somebody that's a false, which is a false preacher, false prophet, false whatever, and you hook into that, that's going to that's gonna strangle the ministry because you're hooked in with something that's not of God. And it's the same thing when you hook into something false that's been said over you and you live in that place and you believe that. That was never of God. It was never something that God said. And when you come to the reality and understanding of that and then you get in tune and alignment with the Holy Spirit and what he actually said, what he said in his word, that's when you start thriving. Because no longer is there a false that's attached to whatever it is that you're doing. Now you're walking in the authentic. What is the, the best antidote to the false? Is it the real? Of course, it's been like that since the beginning. Think about Moses. Think about all the time with Jesus when he did miracles. The other people try to pretend to do miracles, but theirs was counterfeit. But Jesus showed the real miracles from God. You see what I'm saying? And so ah, there's so much to talk about. We're not going to have time. But we're going to get through this. So trust in God's plan. Walk in humility. Number six, forgive others. Forgive others. Ephesians 420, uh, 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Forgiveness frees us from the chains of bitterness. Many people right now, they're listening to this broadcast. God is calling you to forgive. Not for them, but for you. It's going to free you. It's going to break the chain of bondage in that situation. And watch what God does. Trust me, I don't want to forgive the guy that stabbed me. I don't want to forgive the people that done me dirty. I remember uh, I got hurt in the ministry a few times, and the Lord said, forgive again, trust again, trust again. He actually said trust again, but that meant forgive again. And he was right. I needed to trust again, even though I had been burned, even though people backstabbed me. Not everybody's bad. Not everybody's out to get you. There's going to be some good people. But because you've been burned so many times, sometimes you put walls around yourself. Well, that holds you back. And when you, when you get bitter, that holds you back because that's what you're thinking of. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Another thing is what you're looking at. If you're looking at something that's evil, that's corrupt, that's dirty, that's not of God whatever it may be, that's the window to your soul. Like whatever you're gazing at, you're looking at, the enemy sees that. But if you're focusing on what's pure, what's holy, what's righteous, you're dying in your flesh, you're taking every thought captive. You're, you're, you're reiterating daily what God said about you. Maybe you need to write a list and every morning speak it out. Uh, that's good. So uh, yeah, Lord, you made me fearfully and wonderfully. Lord, you, you, you took your time on me. Your plans for me are hope in a future. Your promise is yes and amen. You say that you have meant to, you know, I'm meant to live more abundantly in you. You say, if I seek you first, the kingdom of God and your righteousness, then all these things are gonna be added unto me. Lord, you say to be about your business. I mean, you start speaking out what the Lord says about you and watch the breakthrough happen even today, even right now, even as you speak, somebody's getting it right now. You speak words of life and you break the bond of sin and death and you take authority over the situation in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm gonna speak it out boldly. I'm gonna break every curse over my life, over my family, over my mind. You've not given me a, a spirit of fear. You said you're not be conformed to the things of this world, but be what transformed by the renewing of my mind. 
You got to accept God's grace. Number seven, accept God's grace. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We can't earn God's love. It's freely given. Now, faith without works is dead because that's a fruit, but that's not how we're saved. We're saved by grace through faith. Hallelujah. We've got to go here. I could keep going. We're going to have to do another show on this soon, but let me just give you uh, number seven. Um, okay, that was number seven. Here's number eight. Seek God's counsel. Number nine, practice gratitude. And number 10, serve others. Serve others others and if we do these things i'll do another show on this soon because i know people are going to write me hopefully this helped you if you do these things you're going to be set up for success in jesus christ amen i love you so much breakthrough is at hand god loves you he's made you fearfully and wonderfully break the chains of bond and death over your life in jesus name love you Hey, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to today's very important broadcast. You know, we're brought to you by listeners like you. This entire operation is funded by listener support. And so we would thank you so much if you would please pray about becoming a partner with Todd Coconado Ministries. We are unlike most ministries. We're talking about things that other people don't talk about. We're doing things other people don't do. We're hands-on. It's David versus Goliath, and we need your support and your help, Remnant. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can go to pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org, and just scroll down to where it says donate and help us fund the operation. We bless you, and we love you in Jesus' name.